You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 69 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members' own subscription tier on VersusMikeHistory.com. By the end of the 19th century, millions of black people began to leave the South. But as I said, still 60% still live there. Eight out of 10 of us, even up here, were born there. They left the South because of they were trying to escape from the Ku Klux Klan fascism. They left because the boll weevils had eaten up all the cotton. They left because the capitalists in the North were now advertising for cheap labor because they were getting ready to go on the stage as international imperialists. That is, after they wiped out the Mexicans in the middle of the 19th century, by 1898, then they wiped out uh, Spain, that is, they kicked Spain out of Cuba and Puerto Rico and the Philippines to make those places safe for American investment. And so by the 20th century, the United States wanted to come on the scene as the full-up international imperialist, and so it needed cheap labor. And so it sent out the word for cheap labor, and the blacks began to go north. And if you check the blues of that period, or the literature of that period, it is about, a lot of it is about that migration, that northward migration. For instance, here's a couple of blues lyrics. Say, I'm going to get me a job now working in Mr. Ford's place. Say, I'm going to get me a job now working in Mr. Ford's place. Say, that woman told me last night, say, you cannot even stand Mr. Ford's ways. Or, my home's in Texas, what am I doing up here? My home's in Texas, what am I doing up here? Or, I'm a poor old boy, a long ways from home. Or, I'd rather drink muddy water and sleep in a hollow log than go up New York City and be treated like a dirty dog. Langston Hughes' important statement in 1926, the Negro artist in the racial mountain, serves as a statement to identify the concerns of a whole generation of black artists, not just writers, but black artists and indeed black intellectuals. He begins, the Negro artist in the racial mountain says, I want to be a poet. He says, one of the most promising of the young Negro poets said to me once, I want to be a poet, not a Negro poet, meaning I believe. I want to write like a white poet, meaning subconsciously. I would like to be a white poet, meaning behind that, I would like to be white. And I was sorry the young man said that, for no great poet has ever been afraid of being himself. And I doubted then that with his desire to run away spiritually from his race, this boy would ever be a great poet. Peace, family. Welcome back for another episode of Versus Mike History. This is episode 69. We are here. Um, first and foremost, it's the beginning of a new month. So new month, new blessings, and um, new opportunities. Happy August. It's my birthday month. I feel good. And uh, yeah, I got some stuff in the tuck for you guys. Playlist coming very soon. Um, a lot of members-only interviews are being dropped very soon. I would suggest you guys start subscribing to the website because I'm about to be dropping all of these on everywhere. Going to have to pay for it. Straight like that. Uh, anywho, I hope that everyone is staying safe. These variants are no joke. You know, it's kind of crazy out here. 
Um, make sure you are doing what you need to do in terms of washing your hands, socially distancing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if we're going to go to another shutdown. It, it, I don't think we are. It's not looking likely. But um, regardless, we need to do what we need to do to make sure this stuff goes away forever because it's getting old now. It's getting tired. It's uh, time to move on. Anyway, we got some apps. We got, oh, I'm all tongue-tied. Um, we got an episode to get into today. A lot of bullshit happened last week that we need to touch on. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right, and as always, we have to lead with love. And I want to start out by giving a shout-out to the homies, DJ Flygerian and Showcase, who uh, put together a very dope event, Culture Cave, over the weekend. Very successful, um, basically just a dance party. Everybody just out there and enjoying themselves and having fun and absolutely no drama and the drinks were flowing and they were very strong. And um, I can't wait for the next one. So shout out to the homies. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. All right, guys. So for the Black Spotlight this week, I wanted to highlight an artist. And um, because I came across her work while I was on Twitter and it was really cool because it was a uh, it's through video. So she uh, is an artist who does scrape painting, which is basically putting acrylic painting on acrylic paint on like a piece of paper or whatever uh, medium she chooses to use. And she just uses a scraper and scrapes down and it turns into like a beautiful work of art. And I'll link you guys to uh, her Instagram. It's uh, Cherie Studios. Um, S-H-A-R-E-C-E Studios on Instagram. And, um, you know, it's really unique. It's really beautiful and, um, you know, very particular. And I wanted to highlight it and shout her out as well. So shout out to her and let's go ahead and move on. I want to start this week's topics with the baby, unfortunately. Uh, so as most of you probably have already heard, because it's been in the news all week. Uh, the baby was in the news because he performed at Lollapalooza and he said some homophobic remarks that alluded to, you know, people of the LGBT community having HIV and AIDS. Uh, he said some stupid shit, some disrespectful shit, and he wasn't sorry about it. And when he was checked about it, um, he continued to troll people and, you know, basically let them know that he didn't have to adhere to their standard of respect. And, you know, he got can Well, I wouldn't say he got canceled. I hate using that word. But um, he actually was pulled from a number of festivals uh, following these comments, uh, which were preceded by uh comments by you know Madonna, Elton John and a lots of other advocates of gay rights rightfully so um i think that the lesson here is like i i think that people are underestimating uh the type of platform that the baby has 
and what he's saying with it and why he shouldn't be saying it. You know, everybody has their own opinions about the way they feel like people should live, right or wrong. It is what it is. But when you have a large platform and you have thousands of people standing in front of you and you say something that, you know, probably affects a very large portion of that group in a negative way, you, should probably, you probably shouldn't say it, even if you feel that way. Um, and I'm not giving credence or, you know, base to anybody who feels that way. I'm just saying, don't say that shit in general. Don't matter if you feel that way or not. Um, as I'm recording this, I did catch uh, his apology that he released on Instagram. And it speaks out about how social media is so quick to jump on people before letting someone get educated. And, you know, it's it's a joke, man. Like, it's really a joke because... People gave the baby the opportunity to apologize for what he said on stage. And he met that with aggression and disrespect. Like, it's just, it was uncalled for and it was unnecessary. And he moved it, he like egged it on to a point where it started to affect his money. And when it's affecting your money, then the powers that be that control you, that gave you the platform in the first place are going to pull a rug from under you. You know, the worst part about this whole situation is that most likely the baby's going to be perfectly fine. His career is going to go on. He's going to continue to make money and you know, he'd be all right. He'd be good. Like he just continued, like things will just stop. Um, and that's unfortunate because he won't, it's no accountability there. And um, that's where I'll end it. All right, so I got some news here about Michael Shea. Michael Shea under fire for offensive jokes about Simone Biles on his Instagram account. Comedian Michael Shea is garnering a ton of backlash for insensitive jokes shared on his Instagram about legendary gymnast Simone Biles, the Saturday Night this SNL cast member who has been under fire before has come under the most fire yet in his career for allegedly making and co-signing crew jokes about Olympian Simone Biles. Uh, the iconic gymnast recently withdrew from the team competitions at the Tokyo Olympics fo- to focus on her mental health, a move that earned her an outpouring of support and fan, uh, from fans and mental health advocates. Shea, however, allegedly made comments on his Instagram that doubled down on the minority of tasteless commentary being made about Biles deciding to put her mental health first. In his now deleted inst- uh, stories, Shea allegedly wrote about his desire to make jokes about Biles. I'm getting this from Shadow and Act. I don't know if I said that in the beginning, but uh, yeah, I'll stop there. I don't know what's up with these guys, man. I really don't know. Like, I don't know what's causing them to just come out come out of the side of their mouths with disrespectful things to say about people. Somebody like Simone Biles who. She is the greatest gymnast of our lifetime. Like, it of anybody who's living's lifetime. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It, it literally doesn't make any sense. What is the, where is the joke? Where, like, I don't understand. 
And then everybody else that's criticizing her outside of Michael Shea, we'll get back to him in a second, but everybody else is like, yo, it's the Olympics. Who cares? Who gives a shit? It's the Olympics. Like, who? we shouldn't even be having, they're not, we shouldn't even be having the Olympics. Whatever. Back to Michael Shea. He felt like it was his right to get off a joke about Simone Biles. He wanted to do it so badly and on Instagram. But the story ended with him saying that I'm going to get on stage and say it. So why go to Instagram? Like the thing about this, I don't understand comedians being upset about the social media era when they're com- when they're comedians who go and perform in stand up clubs. Just go perform. I don't get it. Why do you, why does why does it have to translate to social media? Because you see these young guys doing skits and you're upset that you can't just get somebody to laugh off of words on social media and that you don't want to act like a clown, like a fool. Fine. Go right for SNL. No one cares. Who cares? No one cares. No one cares that you write for SNL. It, it's cool. Like just do do that over there, bro. Like don't come to Instagram where everybody, where you say it, and now 30 tabloids are posting it everywhere, and now I'm sitting here chastising you over it, like, because who am I? But who are you, you know? And I'm going to leave it at that, because, you know, whatever. All right, moving on. Um... All right, moving on to some more positive news. Uh, Barbershop appointment app Squire Technologies triples its valuation to $750 million overall. And I'm getting this from Afrotech, so please bear with me. Barbershop scheduling app Squire continues to grow amid its success with users according to its latest funding round. A press release reports that Squire Technologies Incorporated the only full-scale barbershop management and POS system of its kind has raised a $60 million Series D, bringing its total raise since launching to one, roughly $165 million, thus tripling its valuation to $750 million overall. The funding round was led by Tiger Global with, participa- with participation from existing investors such as Iconic Capital, Charles River Ventures, and Trinity Ventures. Since 2015, Squire has been offering its unique slate of services to benefit shop owners looking for looking to scale their businesses and clientele, allowing them to cut back on time spent managing back office operations. With its new funding, the company plans to expand its engineering teams and increase sales as it continues to grow exponentially beyond its existing markets. That all sounds so beautiful. Shout out to the brothers behind the Squire app. Man, I didn't even know about this thing. I'm about to download it myself. Um, we love to see it. And let's go ahead and move on. All right, all right. More Afrotech news. 16-year-old Marseille Martin launches digital series to educate her generation on financial literacy. Young people are more curious than ever about how to achieve financial freedom. Marseille Martin's new digital venture 
She's helping. Oh, thanks to Marseille Martin's new digital venture. She's helping kids her age learn everything they need to know about money management. The Hollywood actress announced that she's teamed up with Verizon Media's Gen Z platform in the know to launch Money with Marseille Martin, a video finance series hosted honest and candid conversations about financial wellness for young people. For the uh, from the importance of settling finan- uh, financial goals early to the benefits of having a side hustle, Martin is using her platform to spread knowledge of her knowledge of wealth. Kind of struggled through that one. Sorry, guys. Uh, but shout out to Marseille Martin on this new uh, video series. It is so amazing what the Internet has done to our society, like in the grand scheme of things, because here we are in 2021 and now we have 16 year olds creating video series for young people to know how to manage money. And I'm just thinking that like when I was 16, that wasn't even, that wasn't even a thing. And we still had the internet. <laughs> like it's, it's just crazy. Um, an amazing thing. And I'm aging myself, uh, even talking like this, but it is what it is. And this is a beautiful thing because I just like I just imagine the possibilities of all the young black people around America growing up with financial literacy and, you know, people just not living in uh, bubbles of, you know, debt and and, you know, a cycle of just poverty is just it's beautiful. You know, I'm just imagining the next hundred years, man, it's looking beautiful for our people. Like you got to you got to be optimistic sometimes all the time, actually. But, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. All right, some news from Shadow and Act. Horror Noir Anthology Series casts Rachel True, Luke James, Tony Todd, and 10 more. AMC Network's Shudder has announced the horror anthology series Horror Noir, which serves as a scripted follow-up to the 2019 doc Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. It features new work from both established and emerging talents, showcasing stories of black horror from black directors and screenwriters. Mm. Love that sentence. The series will feature Leslie Ann Brent, Luke James, Erica Ash, Brandon Michael Smith, Sean Patrick Thomas, Peter Stormare, Malcolm Barrett, Rachel True, Tone Bell, Lavelle Crawford, Tony Todd, Nathaniel Logan, McInter, and Lenora Churchlow. The anthology, the, the anthology, excuse me, will feature six stories. Daddy, Bride Before You, Brand of Evil, The Lake, Sundown, and Fugue State. They will be presented together as a two-hour film. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Actually, that's really cool. I'm going to stop there. Um, The trailer's here, and I haven't even watched it, but that sounds really exciting. You know, um, first of all, I love anthology series. I think that more... Uh, filmmakers should make anthology series um they just make a lot of sense like you can tell a lot of different stories and build up the mythology of whatever you're trying to build you know whatever brand you're trying to build while you know telling different stories i think it's awesome i think this is awesome horror noir sounds amazing i'm gonna watch it um i'm not i hope that i have the ability to watch it separately because it being presented as a two-hour film is very cool, but it's also six separate stories. So, whatevs. Either way, I'll take it. And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. All right, one last piece of news. 
from Afrotech again. Kyrie Irving helped build a solar water center in Pakistan to help provide villagers access to clean water. Kyrie Irving continues to prove that he is quite a humanitarian. This time, NBA superstar is providing Pakistani village with clean water. According to Nets Daily, um, Thaw Parker, located in Pakistan's Sin province, is one of the poorest parts of the world's poorest countries. After, re- after realizing the lack of water resources in the area, and that district has been suffering from a drought for 17 consecutive years, a Michigan-based non-governmental organization um, that has Pakistani roots decided to take action. And thankfully, Irving and his KAI Family Foundation um, stepped in to help as well. The uh, Pani Project set a goal to construct a solar-powered water plant in Thar Parker's poorest village, Rohal, deemed one of the hottest places on the planet, and Irving and his foundation provided the funds. This is completely amazing and outstanding work by Kyrie Irving. Uh, I commend him for it. And, you know, these are the types of headlines that I want to see Kyrie make. You know, all of the other stuff, all the drama, that's... I don't understand why they choose to focus on that with Kyrie, but, you know, he continues to provide amazing humanitarian work around the planet, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And I'll highlight it if no one else does. And, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up there. All right, let's get into some new music. We don't have much this week. Um, Davies and Harry Fraud, they drop off an album. I haven't heard that yet, but I heard a, I've heard a couple songs from it, and um, I, I've liked what I heard. I don't know the name of it. Tink, she released her album as well. Dolph released his label album. He's been on a press run talking about being independent, loving it. Shout out to Dolph. Uh, Isaiah Rashad has finally arrived. Uh, His album released. Amazing work. Amazing project. You might want to go check that out. Might hear him at the end of this episode. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Bree Steves releases her album. I haven't heard the entire album, but I have heard, I think, the single. I like it. I've heard a record. The le- record that I l- heard, I loved. Uh, she's a great artist. She's she's great. And Cookie Kawhi, shout out to Jersey. She dropped off her album or EP. Album or EP, one of the two. Any, either way, go find it, go stream it, go buy it. Support. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for music. Okay. Um, I pretty much don't have anything for TV. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I don't have really anything at all for TV. Um, I'm about to start Mayor of East Town. I think that's what it's called on HBO Max. Uh, I've been watching True Detective again on HBO as well. Netflix, I just haven't been opening Netflix. You guys got to give me some Netflix suggestions because I have no idea what's on there. I don't know what to watch. Uh, actually I'm lying. I did. I was watching the Naomi Osaka documentary, uh, the limited series. I watched the first episode. It was really good. You know, um, it made me realize a few things, right? 
made me realize that, wow, tennis is a really lonely sport because, you know, you do a lot of traveling and you're by yourself uh, for a lot of it. And you're in a really hot country most of the time. And, uh, you know, especially with COVID now, it's like all these procedures and stuff. So on top of you being alone, now you got to be all, you know, whatever. Um, Outside of that, Naomi Osaka being so young and being just thrown into the spotlight, like she really is kind of an overnight sensation. You know, she's uh, got some years in on her now, but, you know, she's still fairly new name to to the sport. Um, and, you know, all the stuff that she went through uh, in terms of Wimbledon, and, uh, like, I, I get it. Like, you know, I'm just... When, like how are you just gonna wake up and how are you just gonna have how am I just gonna wake up and you tell me I'm a star and I have to act like a celebrity all of a sudden like when I was just a normal person um so I, I really felt it I connected with that first episode I'm gonna go finish the rest of it and um yeah oh I got some I'll talk about the Venom trailer uh because the Venom 2 trailer dropped Venom Let There Be Carnage with uh, Woody Harrelson as Carnage. And it looks awesome. It looks so good, man. Uh, I can't wait till they, like, really build up this universe and start crossing people over and everything because it is really fleshing out to be very entertaining. And I really would like to see where it goes because I don't want these movies to be unsuccessful, man. It, they just happen to be. And we just happen to laugh at them and move on. Um... Yeah, and that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Uh, yeah, I hope Simone Biles is is gonna be good. I heard, I read somewhere right before I started recording that she was, she would be returning to the Tokyo Olympics. Um, you know, I hope people get to live their lives freely without being judged by megastars on festival stages. Um, I hope that people don't stop getting sick from fucking COVID and, you know, I wish power to my people. That's pretty much it, man. Ah, I gotta get out of here. It's been a long day. I've gone from working at home to being back in the building and, uh, it's affected the schedule of the podcast in terms of how early the that podcast comes out and um i've been doing a lot of interviews and uh i'm thankful for this platform and i'm thankful for you guys for listening and keeping up with me but it's been a lot you know to be perfectly honest and i'm trying to keep up and i'm not complaining i'm just being transparent with you guys because i have the opportunity to and i'll see you guys for episode 70 because we're gonna keep rocking out just talking but uh yeah as always some topics questions music and movie suggestions follow the podcast on twitter at vs mike history and on instagram and the fan base app at versus mike history you can also follow me on tiktok because i made a tiktok so please follow me there because i don't want to use it i just want to post and leave 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mike History and follow me on Instagram at Last Name History. And this week's sound selection comes from Isaiah Rashad, and it is titled Claymore, and it features Smino. So, stay black, stay blessed. Smoking OG, baby. Why you playing hardball? I'm just trying to ball hard with you. 